0: So welcome back to Diaries of the Wild Ones. Once again, a huge thank you to Wild Earth Australia for supporting me and the adventurous lifestyle. If you guys need any gear for your next adventure, running, camping, climbing, hiking, you guys name it, these guys have it. So go to wildearth.com.au and put in the 10% discount code, Diaries of the Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. Also, a huge thank you to Free Brewing Co. Organic preservative free beer. You'll find them at Dan Murphy's and BWS. Big black can, silver letters that say free. Organic preservative free beer. It's a no brainer. Enjoy, guys. Okay, this episode is so different, so I really don't know how to introduce it. You're about to meet one of the coolest chicks I know, and after this story, I don't know how she isn't so messed up. She definitely still holds trauma because she's scared of the dark. But from everything she has been through, she really has it together. She's a badass chick, like, she's one really capable woman. She dives, she surfs, she rides motorbikes, she's a gardener, she gets on the tools and helps her hubby build their house. She's a really great mum. Her and her husband and their daughter are literally the coolest family I know. So we're doing this episode anonymously, and she did so well to tell her story, but for obvious reasons, she had to leave so much out. So at times, it was really hard for her to know what she could say and what she couldn't say. Off mic, I got a deeper version. But because of family privacy and also court cases, we had to be really careful what was said. Now, there was one thing she did tell me off mic, which I can add to the story. So in the story... When we get to her stepdad and we're, when we're talking about seeing the signs of who he really was, she told me these two stories off mic. One was about a neighbor's dog that had gone missing and the neighbor was blaming her stepdad for killing the dog. And of, of course, the, the stepdad was denying it. But then she found the collar and lead in her bin but was too scared to say anything. So she knew it was her stepdad that killed the dog. And the other was a story she told me of her stepdad not liking these dogs and tying them to his cart and dragging him, dragging him down the road to kill them. Now, it just kind of sets the scene a little bit more when we get to that part of the story from her eyes as a young girl and the fear that she must have had you know, from her stepdad and the feeling that she was getting of, of like the evil that was within him. So this story... It's um, it's pretty wild. I think you guys are gonna enjoy it.
1: Nah, no, it's all good. Yeah, it's just if you if you put it up, you don't tag me in it on Facebook. That's the only thing, because I wouldn't want like a lot of my family to
0: to hear it. Eh?
1: Oh, it's more my my. It depends how deep I go. But it's more like my nana because the way we start is going to lead into things okay you know what i mean
0: is there anything you need me to do or just sit here and listen
1: just ask questions on the way if you want we'll just
0: yeah yeah it's funny that hey there's so many stories that i want to tell that i kind of can't because like you know there's people involved that i don't want to put down or i don't want them to know it's just like You know, like, I've got stories from, like, my childhood or wild things and, like, I don't know, like, I can't talk about shit when I was younger because, like, Mm. I don't want my mum or people to This is a hard thing and
1: there's one thing that I've never told my dad, which is, like, such a good piece in the story, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, I don't know, we'll just just tell it and we'll just see what happens.
0: Are you feeling comfortable? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I thought... I think the best place to start is with that i was on the phone to you the other night yeah that's what and you dropped thinking. a bombshell and yeah. you literally dropped a bombshell and so you're are we recording we're, we're recording the whole time but i just <laughs> oh, cut okay. it i just literally oh, just cut okay. it wherever yeah but it's like the weirdest thing was that like I can, I can consider you guys like family like where we live here and we're like this little family and like i i feel like i know you guys quite well but like I'm always like constantly learning because we didn't grow up together. So it's just like, you know, your husband will say something to me that like I didn't even know that – like when he talks about racing, I don't see – he likes to car race and I don't see that side Mm -hmm. of him and I've never seen it, but it's like a huge side of him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then like – so it's like you. It's like I feel I know you. But then the other night you dropped this bombshell on me that you're like, oh, no, when I grew up like this insane thing like – well, you said you grew up there was – a murderer. <laughs> he said that was a <laughs> Well, That's... it was
1: funny because we, we'll tell that little story. So it was what about a couple of weeks ago, and my mum's just moved away from kind of her town that she's been in for the last. Well, she grew up there, but the town she's been in for the last over fifteen years, looking after her parents, her elderly parents, and um, you know she's left this life that. Which we'll go into the kind of trauma that we had together and she's now taken, you know, this new step to creating a whole new future and we've oh. we've turned up at this house. Was that, that...
0: why she moved? No, no, no. Because no no. no no like like she's like Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. She had to close the chapter. Yeah, so she, she was had...
0: closing a chapter, she's moved yeah. north. Yeah. So and she... she's like new life, new beginning and she's bought bought that place up in the Northern Rivers.
1: Yeah. So really? then yeah, yeah. So it's a whole new beginning for her. We're so excited. So I've turned up there to you know, stay with her for a couple of nights to settle in and, you know, it was the second night that I was there and that day she went out and she got a goat and, um, she has, you know, bought the goat back and.
0: Like a little baby goat for like a pet.
1: Oh, she got two babies and a female. So she's, um, to milk, to milk the goat. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. We will. So my, oh, I feel like I'm going to keep going. It's to okay. drink, You it's know. It's okay. Yeah, so my mum has severe colitis, which she's had since she was twenty seven and cool. now that I have colitis like inflammatory in the bowel and yeah, yeah.
0: you know Oh so goat's time. milk with the microbiome and that is yeah, good. For you. Yeah,
1: and the way it um thickens up the stool.
0: Yeah, right.
1: So Oh, that's why
0: we're saying goat's milk would be good for the baby kangaroo yeah. we're looking after. Yeah. Because all the the nutrients in it.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's either you go goat's milk or you go the formula that they recommend, which comes from cow and they take the lactose out. But goat's milk is lowering lactose and a lot of kangaroos do what I've heard. They will tolerate that better. So, and it's the same with, you know, Yeah. Okay. So your mum's. So mum's moved
0: north. She's gotten a few. Yeah. She's got goats goats, and
1: she's bought this farm and. A
0: whole new beginning. A whole new
1: beginning. And so I've stayed there for two nights. And the second night, it was one o'clock in the morning and she's woken me up and she's like, he's killing her. He's killing her. And I've just gone, oh my God, like this goat is like getting murdered or something. And I could hear, as I've woken up, I've heard this screaming and then a bang. And it was like. You know, you're waking up from that sleep and you're like, what?
0: Was it is your mum yelling, she's he's saying killing to, her?
1: Yeah, he's killing her. Like, she's woken up. She's like, tell he's killing her. He's is it killing a night her terror? quick. No, we're awake. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: you know? yeah. So then I've just gone and she's like, She's screaming, help me, someone help me, please, someone help me. And I'm like, what? The goat? Like, the goat can't talk. I'm like, what the hell is my mum saying? Like, you know, mm-hmm. she's like, no, the neighbour, he's he's killing her. I think he's killed her. And I'm like, what? So my mum's just bought 12 acres, like a beautiful property, but... It's a, a cow dairy farm next to her, and they have on the border built a little house where they rent it out. And the guy that's living there works in the dairy farm, but it's quite close to her house. And you you know what it's like living, we live off grid here, and you know we have our two and a half acres each, but everything echoes; and yeah. you can hear everything. Like... Yeah,
0: like when you guys scared me the other night, Ben <laughs> heard it on the other side of the of the property. Yeah. Yeah. It just travels yeah. in the bush. And that's what when people come and stay, especially from the city. You tr- and, and you start part- by about 10 o'clock. You're like, everyone's got to be quiet. And they're like, no, I just... Like, you don't know. The f- noise travels through the bush. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So I've just gone, what do you mean? And she's like she, was sc- like, she was screaming, someone help me, someone help me. And I heard them fighting like a little bit before. And then now I can't hear anything. And like, I think he's killed her. And there was that bang. And there was the bang. So I've literally just rose and i've I've grabbed the phone i'm just like where's the phone and i've called the cops and i'm literally shaking gone into full flight fight mode and it's something like you know through my childhood i've always you know like things that have happened and i'm like this is how i'm going to react and blah 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 and i just did not react how i thought i would react like yeah. i thought you know if anything ever happens i could run and grab my daughter and i could run for my life you know when you yeah and i literally froze it was like yeah so i rang up the cops and like told them what's happened and then they've just said you know like turn all the lights off and just be quiet and let us know if you can hear anything else so we're sitting there you can't you, you couldn't hear anything and then there's a spotlight which is from his driveway. So he's obviously walk, he's walked down his driveway. Like a sensor on light. The road, a sensor light, yep. Sorry, sensor light. So you knew where he was and I could hear him talking on the phone, like, you oh know, in conversation. So then we've said, you know, we can hear him talking on the phone, like, okay, the cop's going to be there soon. So from when it happened, it was like 40 minutes after I rang – the cops back and this time I've ran the actual local police station rather than zero 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 and I've just said you know I reported this yep they're on their way they're about to turn up I said because you guys are taking ages and we haven't heard her like she could be dead so anyway as they're rocking up I'm on the phone to the police and I could hear him outside my mum's place saying on the phone cops have turned up. The,
0: the cops have turned up. And so, so he's or is he sneaking over to your place. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. you be shitting yourself. <laughs> Literally shitting ourselves. And then. um, So I've just said to the cops. Okay. Turn. Tell the. Like. On the, on the mm-hmm. phone to Lady. Because she's obviously. She types way to communicate with the police that are driving. Yeah. And I just said to her. Just tell them to reverse. To go into the driveway. Where the spotlight is. And reverse down and turn their car, um, and they'll spot into my mum's paddock and they'll see him. So, anyway, they've done that and seen him, and then, you know, he's started to walk over to the police car. Anyway, you couldn't hear much going on. It was like they were, you know, having a long conversation. Then another police car's turned up, an ambulance has turned up, and then hours have passed, and then you do see a girl leaving the house holding her head. So, it's obviously been a domestic violence you know relationship don't know what has gone on but it was funny because I was speaking to you a couple of days later and I was saying like oh I'm just gonna head out for a few days because this has happened and I full like I've gone into flight fight mode and I'm so scared of the dark and I just can't sleep there and you were like what do you mean you're scared of the dark and I was like oh I just all this shit that's happened in my childhood and you're like what and I'm like I'll tell you about it one time, and it was like this point. I've got to kind of laugh at this because I think everything we've gone through, and it's like a new chapter, a new beginning, and that shit. Yeah, happened. and that,
0: <laughs> and it's still showing itself. That trauma, it's like it's sparking the trauma within yeah. you guys.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. but it was just like the next night. I stayed there, and I was up at three o'clock in the morning with the light on, and he wasn't there because he, I did. He's like she's obviously put her AVO out on him. No one came back. But um Did you
0: ever speak to the lady?
1: No, I spoke to the guy probably the day I arrived because I had to jump over mum's paddock to go into a back paddock and because they're on the border. And yeah, you could tell something wasn't really right. He was kind of our age, you know, but really? just didn't want to make a conversation. You know, yeah. I was, he had a baby cow and I was like, oh, the baby how, cow. How,
0: it makes me so nervous in in society when you see people that are that are not right like i've had i remember homeless people in vancouver like going off at you and like trying to you know you're walking past and they're you know like and you're like don't look at them don't make eye contact or something you know because they're trying to start Mm. something with you Mm -hmm. or someone that's just not quite right or they're on drugs or you know and they're trying to and it makes you so nervous because you know they're not right you know that they've got a lot of issues and they're looking for an outlet and you're like i don't want to be this dude's outlet you know what i mean yeah makes me so nervous yeah. yeah, so so th- this so, has sparked a trauma in you. This event right here has like literally opened up Pandora's box from your childhood, what you guys are trying to get yeah, away from. Yeah, but big what... time.
1: And the hardest thing was, you know, I've gone down this path now. I'm a teacher and then I've changed into gut and psychology syndrome, you know, which is a lot healing the gut. And I've transformed my mum's life, someone who's had severe colitis, you know, and she's yeah. so well now and... Then I've gone now into studying um, neuro effective touch therapy, which works on your nervous system. I'm really, you know, big on that. So I was up there doing, same with mum, and doing um, some online seminars and part of my training course. And yeah, and I guess I've got into that from early tra- <laughs> like trauma that I've gone through. You know, we're gonna have to cut that a little bit out. <laughs> No, no, it does. No, Um, no, but
0: that's why we become the people that we are. It's like so much stuff happened when I was a childhood that it's just like it's shaped. It's like, well, there's two. I think there's kind of two types of people. Some people take trauma and they wanna they take it and wanna change the world. mm. You know what I mean? Other people play the victim, just like oh, why me? Like blah blah. It's like I always have that saying: like be the change you want to see in the world. I love that in people because it's showing strength, it's showing character, it's it's showing honor. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Like you had this trauma, and you're like, oh, okay. Like in a way, it's also healing yourself. Like I, I was talking to Ben yesterday. Like I, before I bought this property, I wanted to do a float center up in Byron and have a meditation space. And my ex was going to do the Pilates, like thing, like start this thing. Because the whole point was, if I can surround, I was meditating like every day, and it was doing wonders for me. And I was just like, well, if I surround myself with this, and I become this, it becomes my identity. I do it all the time. You know what I mean? And I just wanted to keep doing what was healing me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was just like, whoa, what a, you know, what a way, and I can help other people by healing myself. So you've done the same thing. You know what I mean? It's strengthening character.
1: Yeah, and you have more, I guess, of understanding so, and compassion. So can we? Let's go into the story. Yeah. Let's go. Let's start okay. with
0: the, the childhood. Huh? Okay.
1: So I wasn't born yet. My mom met my dad when she was sixteen, and then they had me when she, my mom was, I think, my mom was twenty-seven. My brother's three years older than me. And just before she's had my brother, pregnant with my brother, my two uncles... So my dad has family, including him, seven, and two of his brothers, so 18 and 21. And, you know, it's really hard telling this story because every time when you... I guess you look at my my uncle's um, committed a crime and, you know... I don't want people to think my grandparents weren't good people. Like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like you just feel, and my grandparents are so beautiful. My dad's a beautiful person and the whole family, like, you know, really lovely people. But they were 18 and 21. They were heavy on drugs. And one night they have decided to um, meet up with one of my uncle's ex-girlfriend who worked for my grandfather. And she would bring home the money to do the banking for the next day so they invited her over to their house to have a few drinks on her way home from work and they were planning to take the money because they were in that you know I guess
0: they were gonna rob her
1: they were gonna rob her so it's really hard with this story too because it's a lot what I've been what I've been told and I think probably a lot's been dimmed down and I actually worked in a law firm when I was 19 and I've tried to get copies of the case so I can read it myself and I haven't been able to find it only one event that happened in the jail when my uncle was in there but you know, the crime happened there's not internet and everything so it's yeah. really... Anyway, they've had you know drinks and everything with her and they've had drugs a whole heap of drugs and they've woken up the next morning and...
0: So do you think... No, no. Do you think they, your uncles, had planned to drug her and then take the money? Do you reckon that was a plan, or were they literally just like having a party?
1: Nah, to uh, I think to take the money.
0: Yeah. So they were kind of like getting excited, like, oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, you don't yeah, know. You it's don't not know. for us to say. But that's yeah. what was speculation. Yeah. That's speculate. Okay, that was a yeah. speculation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So anyway, they've woken up the next morning, she's in the bathtub, she has a knitting needle through her heart and um, some torture marks on her forehead, and they don't know what's happened, like, complete.
0: The brothers don't know what's no. happened.
1: They've literally, like, blinked out, woken up, that's it. Both of them. Yeah, very heavy heavy on drugs. So anyway, this court case went for a really long time and there was not enough evidence to prosecute them. At the time, one of my uncle, the two uncles, the 18-year-old, wasn't even brought into the case because my uncle covered up for him. And it wasn't until in the court case something he said brought him into it, which was like a big shock for the whole family because then it went from one uncle the two uncles yeah. and they had clairvoyance. they came in they felt that they were used as an escape goat because my uncle who was a 21 year old he had a girlfriend so this was his ex-girlfriend friend that they were friends with that yeah. they brought over for you know a night on the drugs and
0: yeah. whatever
1: so his girlfriend at the time she was Witchcraft, really heavy in witchcraft. So they were in South Australia. It was that era when it was very big. Seances, they used to mm. do seances in goats and like um, cats in the yard. And like, it's if you look in the history of it, like witchcraft yeah. was a big thing.
0: It's been a big thing all around the yep. world. Yep. And d- yeah, yeah, d- yeah.
1: And she used to do a lot of that. So you know, there was times when they thought that she ha- had came home, seen them together, and then passed out and that she actually committed the murder and her brother was involved.
0: So these are like all the different theories.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah, there wasn't enough evidence to get done. And then when my uncle was on parole, so when the, you know.
0: So what did he end up getting convicted with?
1: Well, just, I'll I'll tell you how he ended up getting convicted. So when he was on parole, he wrote a letter and he lived on a railway track, like behind a railway track, and he wrote a letter to my grandfather and he wrote, I'm sorry what I've done. I love you. And then my grandfather rang the cops to go and rescue the son because he thought he, you know, he's going to commit suicide. And that kind of was like used in the court cases while he's... You know He's he kind guilty. of gave him his guilty when you know my grandfather like never lived that down and so hard and he was really good friends with the daughter who was murdered the parents you know at all It must be so part. hard for
0: your grandpa too to to wonder if to wonder if your son did it to like to to want to like cover up there's that whole show I think right now on Netflix about that as that judge and his son. I think murder. I, I don't yeah. know, I know the show. Yeah. I just saw the the trailer for it, but it was like, yeah, like that must have been like such mixed, mixed emotions for you.
1: Oh, so hard. Like,
0: and where was your mum in all this? Like, was she...
1: so my mum, my mum was young, and her and my dad were together, but they were they went and went up to South Australia to help out, and they were there through the whole court case, and you know they had their house up to get them out for parole, but then they, you know, they couldn't come out, and they just wanted. Mum just said that they just wanted the boys to come home so they could talk to them and try and make sense of everything because it was, you know, such this a mess. It was such a mess. Yeah. and, like, they they didn't know what was happening and it wasn't until pretty much the court case they got to find out a lot what what was happening and it was still so hard. I kind of feel like I look back at today what I hear and I think, oh, if this happened to in, like, you know, today in this day of time, they probably would not have got convicted because there wasn't i guess the
0: dna maybe and all the
1: evidence and stuff like i don't know but maybe that's so what was the so they both ended up um getting life sentence
0: so they
1: both got life sentence they
0: do they they do it or you don't know
1: (sighs) i don't see my mum thinks they don't my dad's like no they did To be honest with you, we think one uncle did it, the other uncle didn't. The other uncle, the younger one, did not talk to his brother for a long time because he got dragged into it. He was there. He ran a bath for them. When he woke up in the morning seeing her dead, he went and threw up. And because that came up in the court case that he threw up and showed remorse, he got a lighter sentence, but he ended up getting a longer sentence because he couldn't cope in jail. So he became... One, the older uncle became very religious, turned to Christianity. That's what saved him. The other uncle, I guess, you know, a lot of stuff happens in a jail. You've either got to be the top dog so you don't get, you know, raped and violated. And that's how he had to be able to survive. So he, yeah, so he, to save his life one time, he got into a fight and they had knives and he stabbed a guy in, the, in jail and got an extra couple of years for self def- It was self-defense, but he got, you know, it might have been two or five years. But the problem was my younger uncle, he he never grew up. Like every time I would go and visit him, he was still an 18-year-old. And in his like, you know, comes out in his 50s and he's still that 18-year-old. And it's so it's so sad when the older uncle... You know, he had the church to really look after him and he's gone so well. He's got a wife now and he's working. And, you know, the yeah. young uncle is still, the young uncle is still, he's just got out. But the saddest thing about this is so what happened was, so they had about 10 years in. A very heavy jail in South Australia. And then they got moved. It's kind of like a farm. It's really, it's like a a massive, at the middle of nowhere. To be honest, and I would go... Would they
0: get transferred together? Did they try and keep them together?
1: um, At times they weren't to be together because it was my young uncle who wanted to kill his brother. (gasps) Yeah, really bad. Because he didn't want to be in there. And obviously, like, you know, he felt he had nothing to do with it. Blah, blah, blah. But then they did come back together. And probably for my grandparents' sake, because you know my grandparents had to travel everywhere. Every weekend they went, and you know they were by their side. My nana would take so lunches this for the whole family. The was whole a huge family, trauma. A huge trauma. So
0: like now, it's like your family have to live near the jail where their their two sons are in jail. Yeah, well, for committing this crime, they get yeah. both get done together. Yeah, so they both get life sentences. Life
1: sentence. Yeah. So yeah. what was
0: that like? For outsiders, like... Okay, so you guys as a family unit, what about, like, the judgment of, like, outsiders on your family? You know what I mean? Like, dude, your your grandpa, like, was, like, you know, you go to buy milk from the corner store and was the guy, like, oh, your son's a murderer. You know, like, getting... You know what I mean? Like, cause society's cruel and, like, we, we see it in news. As soon as, like, someone... Like, we... It's so... It, what happened the other day? that That guy that... With the COVID thing, news the news lied about him having a party. I just remember seeing the front page, like, what was he thinking, party oh, of 25 God. people, when he's supposed to be isolating. And it was just a lie, and then they mm-hmm. had to apologize. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I was just thinking about that poor kid, like, 19-year-old kid. Everything got lied about him, so the whole community is just isolated. You know, they're just pointing, like, fuck you, he was getting death threats and stuff. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, how was that for your family? Like, was, like, general public cruel to them?
1: My... My mum and dad, like I think, I feel like they kept it, you know, a lot. You know, we never talked about it. Like not many people. We, it was never like, oh, my two uncles are in jail. I'm sure my my nana and my granddad they were very, you know, involved in churches and stuff. So that was their community, and I guess they had a lot of forgiveness there. And but it was never talk. It was never talked about. And the, I know that it would it would would have been very very what? hard for them. I I don't know. I know my dad's sister. She had nothing, never go, went and visited them in the hospital, Um, hospital in the jail. She, like, literally was like, I don't want anything to do with them. Mm. My dad, we would go and see them all the time. My dad was always there for them. But what I was about to say before was when the youngest um, brother had not been convicted at all, because remember I said at yeah. the start that there was eight months when they were going through the trial and, you know, he ended up getting his girlfriend pregnant And end up having a boy called Mark, who was my cousin. And he was, uh, I think, about six months or so, younger than me. So every time we would go to South Australia, I would go and visit his dad. And we had such a beautiful relationship together. And it was like, it's kind of like the relationship behind the walls, you know. And my nana took him on a lot in his teenager's years. You know, she raised him as her own son and my uncle, the day he got out of jail, two hours before he got out of jail, my, um, my cousin died of leukemia. His son. So that was just like... Holy
0: shit. Was this the same uncle that like wasn't part of it? Yeah. Yeah. So this, so your uncle, oh my God, this is like a night, this is literally it's, a nightmare. So your, your uncle... Gets convicted for for a murder that he, well, by we, the sounds of the evidence, yeah. wasn't involved yeah. in. So he's 18. Yeah. 18.
1: 18.
0: Gets a life sentence. Yeah. Goes to jail and goes into a maximum security prison where he's got to like, like kill or be killed kind of thing me- mentality. Yeah. yeah. And like, we've all seen it. We've seen movies. We've seen like the real life, what happens in there. Like It creates the criminals. It creates hard men because it's like, you know what I mean? It's just a bunch of like testosterone going yeah. around. And it's like, there's not much in life other than to, you know. yeah. And so he's done that until he's 50. Yeah. Well, life sentence. Yeah. In their so 30,
1: he's, 36 years, I think. They he's got. missed
0: his lo- He's <clears throat> missed his life. His whole growing up. What this era that we're in now, yeah. the whole, like, look how much fun we're having in life. Right. This, this plus he's had a son and hasn't got to raise him or be part of that. And the day he, like, literally gets his freedom. Yep. What... Just...
1: It's insane. Do you feel, I mean, you feel like, is it karma? Yeah, it, I was going to say, yeah. do you,
0: like, believe in karma? Like, something yeah. maybe in a past I life? Think, or why... Do, how How can someone be dealt such bad luck? I, know. I Does, know. Is he humbled? Or is he angry at the world?
1: No, he is... I don't know. I think he's just getting by, to be quite honest. Because yeah. he would
0: have some... We talk about trauma. Imagine the trauma, like... What, like people have trauma from like one fight when a bully yeah. picked on them when they're a kid. Imagine yeah. like every day living your life in flight or flight like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And that becomes your reality.
1: Yeah. So obviously a lot of trauma on my parents' relationship. You know, it was very
0: with hard your mum and Lord. your dad. Yeah, and it was so painful. It was it your mum's brothers? Or it was your my dad,
1: da- and it was my dad's. and it was very painful. It was your my dad's dad. brothers? Yeah. So eventually, I was about six, turning seven, and my parents split up really hard. You know, I have i don't have any memories of them together. I only have memories from when I was seven onwards. I have one memory of when my dad lost his best friend. And I remember in a car accident and came home that night and I could hear him sobbing and crying. That's kind of all I have, But I blocked out. It's like a trauma thing. You just block out yeah. so much because, you know... Um,
0: you don't want to go there. Yeah. yeah.
1: So anyway... Parents split up and like they do, they get new partners. So my mom ends up getting this new boyfriend and we moved to... Where'd she meet him? She met him. She was out with my nan and she met his mom at... I don't know if it was like... I'm going to say like bingo or something. I don't know, somewhere. And then he... She was like, oh, I would love you to meet my son. And she set them up. So that's how they met. And he was... About eight years younger than my mom.
0: Do you remember what was that like? So you're like seven, eight. I
1: was seven, yeah, six, seven. What was that seven. like
0: for you having like another guy come into the family?
1: Horrible. I hated him from I hated him as soon as I met him.
0: Do you feel he had bad energy?
1: Yeah, 100%. Did not.
0: And you, as a child, as your a intuition child, picked in up on that.
1: Everything, and it was me and my nan, we were the ones that it, we. From get go, it was like, how can we get this guy out of my mum's life?
0: So even your mum, you, was it one of those things? You know, like we, like I was saying just before, people on drugs or whatever—they're scary when they're not in the eyes. But have you ever met someone who's just evil? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've met a few people in my life, and you're like, they're together. You know what I mean? But they're just—they've yeah. got something, or something's happened. and They're just against the world. There's like. Oh man, I remember I met this lady at the DMV, like at the um at Queensland Transport, and like you could just feel the energy. And like I was going up, and I just could tell she was, you know, she was a Karen, what everyone called. But she was just like so angry, and she was evil. She like she just wanted everyone to pay. You know what I mean? She just wanted to wreck everyone's day. And I just remember like watching, like, whoa, this lady, like, poor thing. But I was just like, it wasn't even the fact of like, it was too far evil. It was you could feel it. It wasn't even the fact like, oh, this person's a lost soul. It's just like. Wow, she's she's against the world. She's against you know what I mean?
1: And just kids have got so much intuition. They hear and they know everything and I just I think that's the biggest thing. Like I look back on my life and I think, Oh my god, I was so onto it You know, and I feel sorry for that little that little girl who just like so Did you ever,
0: okay, so this person's come into your life and you your mum, she must be excited, she's got a new boyfriend or whatever. Is your mum enjoying the relationship?
1: So my mum, and I really want to emphasise this, my mum was very ill. So severe colitis on very heavy medications, so steroids, prednisones. And when I go into this story, I just want you to keep in mind that when you're in a domestic violent relationship and you're you're in that household and as much as, you know, it's been really hard for me over the years. Cause I'm just like, why did you not leave? Why was we, why weren't we taken away? Why this, why that? And I, and I get very angry at my mom and all that. stuff, so and I have to keep going back. And I was like, that wasn't my mom. Mm. My mom was heavily on pharmaceutical drugs where she was just at times on another planet. You oh, know? She, and, she was vulnerable. And she was scared. That, you know? She
0: was like, looking for ho- I, domestic violence it's a weird thing because women women stay and they stay for so long because they're i don't know i, I, I haven't been at but my yeah. my mum same thing is in a domestic you know yeah that's why my dad's not around yeah. it's just like you know yeah. what i mean it must have it was the thing back in the day for yeah. some fucking reason but it's just like it's... i i you wonder the same thing you're like why the fuck it, you know? I
1: know, it does your head in. And you just think, I would never put my child through that. And she said to me today, actually, I was speaking to her, and she was like, I seen the video you put up of May- Maple, and you're such a beautiful mum, and I'm so proud of you. And I just like, you could tell we're both tearing up. And I was like, I know that she knows that she wasn't that mum.
0: Wow. You no, know, yeah. it's
1: really. So anyway, we'd move moved to the Snowy Mountains.
0: And and with this guy?
1: With Sky and, and and
0: are you ever having a relationship with him or trying yeah, or is yeah, he trying yeah, with no, you? No,
1: no, yeah. But yeah. you could
0: just feel like yeah, an evil inside yeah, him.
1: Yeah, it's just like you know you.
0: At this stage, you, is he being violent yeah. to, to your mum?
1: Um, he was very. Oh, yeah, there was a few things. A lot of stuff I felt like happened behind closed closed doors and. He had a son who was a year younger than me and he would always, you know, just a little, he would play these little manipulative games with us, like would be watching TV and he would be like, hey, Shani. And I'd be like, hey, what? (laughs) He's like, I reckon Shannon's a better snowboarder than you. Yeah, definitely a better snowboarder than you. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then he'd be, actually nah, Chantel is a better snowboarder than you. And it would, like, we would have this hatred together and he would play these really cruel games, like, with little, you know, kids Mm. and then be sitting and eating ice cream and then, like, nah, you just can't have this ice cream. This is my special ice cream. And then just little torturing things he would do to us, which he would get our cats and, like, throw them into the staircase and... (gasps) Just, he would do violent stuff like that. I'm just going to start rattling little things off because it's like, they're coming to me, but, you know, Shannon would wet the bed and he would rub, you know, his nose into it and he just, he just, he was not there. You know, he just was, I, ne- I never felt safe and I kept so much of it.
0: Even though you're so young, did you ever say anything to your mum? Did your mum say anything to you?
1: No, I, I did. There were times when I kept a lot of stuff from my mum. He would bribe me, so then I wouldn't tell my mum. Just some little things that would happen.
0: Like what? Or do um, you want to go into it? Or no?
1: Oh, so we ended up. Mum, so mum, we moved away. Mum bought this house. Then he he was living in the house with us. And then they decided they would buy another house together. So we moved into this other house together. So they're
0: getting in a, in a pretty committed relationship here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And when they were in this house, then they decided they're going to break up. This is years down the track. And all the money has then got to go back to the bank because, you know, it's a loan and yeah. they haven't really made it's all got to go back into the bank. And I'd come home from school and he would send me to my room straight away. Get to your room. And I'm like, I haven't done anything. And he's like, just get to your room. And he would be obviously doing stuff on the computer and stuff. And I know he was doing something sneaky.
0: What was his job?
1: Which was... <laughs> so he was a... Conc- he was a concreter. But he used to do stencil concretes. Like, you know, the real nice driveways. They were, yeah. like, really big... They were fashion. Yeah yeah. fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he used to do kind of sneaky stuff. And then just before I would come home, he would, like, you know, bribe me with food or... Something or he would always actually say anything that he would do. I feel like I've blocked out a lot of stuff, but it would always be like, I'm gonna get you a horse. You got a mum really young, yeah. But at that what's, time. It,
0: what's he hiding from you? Like, why, why is he like bribing you? Um, like you'd come home and he'd say, Oh, I'll give you a horse if you don't tell your mum, yeah. Or something. So
1: he ended up when they sold the house, he declared himself bankruptcy so he was obviously doing a lot of stuff to work out how he could long story short my mum ended up having to sell our other house to pay for his debt his um his business account debt and then we had to move back to my grandparents house because we had no money
0: so, yeah, so he was sitting there working. He was, yeah, he was working, working against what, your mum. Yeah, yeah. And so she didn't find out, like, things you were seeing. He was, like, bribing you. Yeah,
1: and and what I'm about to go into, obviously, that might not have been what he was working on. There's going to be something else he's going to work on, and I'm going to go into that. Did
0: you have, a like, a hatred towards him?
1: Oh, my God, I absolutely hated him. I hated him. I.
0: Did you ever see him oh. hitting your mum?
1: Uh Yeah, yeah. And what would you do? She, uh, I don't know, you know, I feel like I've blinked so much of it out. I know a few a few times when, you know, she would stay in my room and would lock the door and stuff like that, but I've blinked a lot of it out.
0: Did your mum think, do you reckon your mum, when your, your mum looks back on it now, do you think she th- knows he was evil?
1: I talked to, I actually was talking to my mum about it today, and you know, I. And she said, you know, like I look back and I think, was I just dumb? You know, I know I was really sick and I know I, I, you know, I was really sick. And she said, but you know what? He was just really good at conning, at conning me into it. He was just really good at like playing mind games. Mm. And it's so hard because we can be so judgmental on someone to be like, Pfft. You, yeah, know? you know, it's, because I, I, yeah. you know, I say like, pff, I would be able to 100%. I, you, you know me, I would never get myself into that situation, mm. you know, but I feel like it's until we're in that situation. Do we really know?
0: And it's funny because we want to live life and trust people, but I know, I know, I know this guy is a professional con artist, literally a professional con artist. And he lived in Indonesia. He's from, he's from the Gold Coast, the older guy, but he's really good looking, really fit. And he's really charismatic and he was setting up fake fake mining licenses and selling them to villages in indonesia at 20 grand a pop like setting up like a gold mine license being like oh yeah making it look like it was all through the thing like all legit he was bringing in business partners and investors and everything getting in money like i had mates that freaking you know put money in and everything and just You know, that was just his thing. Mm. You know what I mean? And then he would always have like girlfriends, like European girlfriends and then pay for everything. And he's just, I don't want to say his name, but he's a professional con artist. Like he's known for that. Like he's known, like I've seen him, like I've seen him do multiple cons, you know, throughout the years. And he's like very untrusted. But every time people meet him, like, oh, this guy's so cool. He's so charismatic. And we're at Brun's pub one night um, watching a band and he was there and I was like oh, and I'm always really nice to him but he's always nice to me and you can you can tell I had some land in Indonesia and he was he it was funny he, he stole some land in Indonesia um, and he did it a guy bought beachfront land in Sambawa like in front of the wave and this guy went and squatted on it and the paperwork it takes about six months for the paperwork to go through the notary he went in and intersected the paperwork and changed the names. So when it went through the notary, it ended up being his. Like literally he would just like, anyway, I I seen him at Brun's pub and I had a couple of girls with me, friends of mine that are Mm. my age, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And, And he's like 10, 15 years old, but still looks really good, really charismatic. And he starts like cracking on to my friend, and she's like, "Oh my god, this guy—he's like so handsome, and he's he's so fit, and he's like, you know, he's a bit older, but like, oh my god." And I was like, "Yeah, but be careful—he's really nice, he's, but he's a con artist." And they're like, "What? No way—he's the nicest guy." And I just see it—I'd see him like work it, and I'd also see it in his eyes because he was always because he lived in the same village I lived in in Indonesia, and I'd see him do it. You'd see different sides of him. And you'd see, like, he'd be one side, it'd be like the Connor, like, it would just be like him. And then you see someone who's he's got an invested interest with that he wants to, and you see his eyes turn. And then he puts on this, it's like a, another personality comes yeah. out. Yeah. And he was so freaking good. Everyone trusted him. Like, that's what I meant. That's how he could get people investing. You know, he was just so, like, um, what, he knew how to play on someone's psyche for them to trust. You know what I mean? He knew how to come up and pretend like he had nothing to hide. You know how I'm a trustworthy guy? And he could just sell it to anyone. And I've seen him do it with women, pick up mm. women and everything. And I'm like, whoa. And because I know it, I can sit back and observe it. And it's like, whoa, he's fucking he's, – he's absolutely brilliant at it. But, you know, it, it just – you know, and it makes me think. And then when you get, like, these people in society – like, this guy that's in your life, and you you know, your mum's not dumb. Yeah. He was just fucking good at it. Yeah, really good The at art him. of manipulation. Yeah,
1: and you really, like, I remember – because we would meet my dad halfway at Goulburn for him to pick us up – and I remember he would like just before, you know, like oh, you've got to call me Dad, and if you call me Dad, you know, I'll buy your horse. He would just play these little, you know, you're really, kidding. Yeah. What did
0: your dad think of him?
1: My dad, my dad hated him, hated him big time. I, early days. Do you reckon your dad? Early days. Early, I early days. Getting... I know that um, we went on. My mom came on a trip with us back up to see my grandparents, and you know they tried to get back together but it didn't work my I you know I've talked to my dad about it you know these I don't know a couple of years ago and I just said to him why didn't you ever take me away and he said you know we would ask you and granddad would ask you we would try and find out what was happening but you you would always say it's okay it's okay and I said I because I just wanted you back with Mum. I would never have painted Mum to be a bad person and I was like do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like I really had to make out that mum was this, like, really good mum. And I don't know, I just painted this, like, picture that for them it was like everything's okay. Yeah. You know? I know that docs did get called once because of his son. And it was really sad. Like, Shannon was diagnosed with ADHD. He just was always bouncing off the walls. I remember, like, one time I had to lock myself in the bathroom and he's like getting knives and like chucking them under the doors. And like he was running around with a knife and like he was just, this kid was so sick and heavily on Ritland medication and stuff. And I just look at what he would have went through with his father in the early days and still what his father was like. And it, you know, like, mm. and I look at the life that he's now gone down and I just think far, I'm definitely l- lucky. But did where this, we-
0: did he ever hit you?
1: Um, he didn't, he didn't hit me. Um, he was just very like the very, everything was like verbally, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: so when did it all come out?
1: Let's go into, let's go a bit deeper into, mm. cause you know, it's going to, okay. So the house is, what I was saying is that the house was going, like they were breaking up, getting sold. He was on this computer, and I'd come home from school, and you know, we're getting. It was like it was yeah. the breakup, getting ready yeah. to leave, and sorting out what was happening and everything. Anyway, um, so the house is getting sold, and Terry was working down Sydney a lot, and up leaving was doing all these driveways down Sydney. That's and, his name, Terry. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> Are we come that out, or? Want
1: we'll to see how it goes through that? Okay, okay, okay. He ends up. Meeting this guy who was 21, and he has met them through his parents. So his parents were very wealthy. They owned a childcare centre. They had a beautiful house down Sydney area. The
0: 21-year-old parents. The
1: 21 year olds parents. And he was actually adopted into that family from a young age. And so my mum's boyfriend at the time, I'm going to say now it's her ex-boyfriend, and he's you know um working at at the house doing a lot of work for the driveway and the childcare care center and become quite close with the son and long story short he has manipulated this boy to kill his parents because they have a he has a lot of assets you know everything's in his names, his only child, and that he would get all this money. And if they, so my mum's boyfriend decided, well, ex-boyfriend, if he was going to do the crime and he would get so much money. Okay, so.
0: So, uh, wait, wait, So this guy, he's met this 21 year he's gone down to do work for this wealthy family. Yeah. This kid, they start, the son or the, the orphaned son. Yeah. The adopted son, I mean, of, of this rich family. Has become close with him, and because this evil spark that's in your mum's boyfriend, ex boyfriend at the time, has this evil spark, he's seen an opportunity here to make money, and he's like selling it to this guy yeah. with the manipulative mind that he has, saying, "Hey, hey, let's kill your parents, we'll get all this money, you pay me."
1: Yeah.
0: Wait, do you reckon? Yeah, okay. Okay. Do you had had this guy? Do you? Okay, no, no, I'm just kidding. All right, so
1: you want me to keep going? Yeah, into that? yeah. Okay. So anyway, they end up having dinner one night at the parents' house and they drug the parents.
0: You, we didn't with, with water
1: drug? with I think it was a drug from something they got, I don't know. We you could you could suppose it was something from the a nursery or something. I don't know some sort of
0: but something that would knock them out.
1: Yep, Yeah. Like I'm, knock
0: them out cold?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Just knock them out. So they've got this drug. You could read the court case and everything, can you know, look more detailed into it? So, anyway, so they've drugged the parents, knocked them out, and then my mum's ex partner. Let's give him a name in case we end up deciding not to. Okay, Kyle. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Kyle. Yeah, let's call him Kyle. <laughs>
1: Uh, so anyway uh, kyle has um kyle has i can't do these fake names i'm just okay, gonna okay. have to Ter- say the same name okay yeah so terry is his name okay so terry ends up drugging the parents and i'm like i feel like i'm starting to tremble so it's gonna I'm probably gonna be all over the place so he ends up drugging the parents and then they're knocked out cold he goes up.
0: Is the son with him?
1: The son's there. They're yep.
0: doing it together.
1: Yeah, but 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 Terry was to murder the parents. Okay, the son's there. Terry was the one that was going to do the, the actual murder. Okay, and the son's going to obviously give him money. Okay, so they've drugged them. And Terry has gone to suffocate the mother by putting a pillow over her head and hold her down so he has suffocated her and she has obviously pleaded for her life and is kicking and stuff and then he's gone and said to the son his name's david um david you're gonna come you're gonna have to help me hold your father down because your mother was too hard work i'm not gonna be able to do it your dad so they've gone and they've done it together now they then put the Bodies in the car, and they have pushed them off, off the road down a embankment along a road. (laughs) I know where it is. I'm just not going to say it because I don't think we need to go into detail of that. Um, So they've gone and dumped the bodies. They've gone and dumped the bodies. They got away with the murder for years. How do you know?
0: Wait, 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 wait.
1: <laughs> they okay. got away with it so they had so, a car they car, had a car accident the police got there they had a car accident
0: wait what do you mean they had a car accident
1: that's what the autopsy and everything they had a car accident so they put the bodies in a car they've obviously drove them to the location pushed the car down the cliff and then the next day the police have come and there's been a funeral and they've died as a, they've died in a car accident
0: So, okay, so the, okay, so that was this guy's plan He's like, okay, we're going to kill your parents Yeah. So how we're going to do it is we're going to go We'll suff- drug them, suffocate them Put them in their car, drive their car off like a cliff or whatever Or down an embankment so the car smashes Ambulance comes, they go, oh, they've been killed in a car accident Yeah. And then, so did they get the money?
1: Okay, so I'll go into it So, then the funeral happens and... Do you
0: remember in your life, like, him going away and then saying, oh, like, the people I was working for have passed away? He
1: took me to the scene.
0: What do you mean he took you there?
1: So, we went down for the funeral. Um, Like, mum had met the, the son, um... David, because they were hanging around heaps, and we were going down to see Dad, and it was you know close, and Shen- Shannon um, was in mum's care at then, and we would go and we we like we knew David, Mum had met the parents once, but we had met like Mum yeah. had met David anyway, so the fu- so mum was like, well, we're going to go down for, for the funeral to show our respects, and um, Terry wanted us to go down.
0: Do you remember? Does your mum remember them being sad at the funeral?
1: I don't know. Mm. Well, it, it will. It, I'll go into that because, yeah, the son was very. Just, I guess I don't know. You're either really sad, or you when someone passes away, or you literally. It's so hard. Yeah, How could you, can you tell? You know what up, yeah. I mean? Or you put Everyone a wall up. Differently. Exactly, one hundred percent. So anyway. Um, We've drove down for the funeral. I didn't go to, to the funeral, but Terry's taken us to the crime scene and saying, oh, this is where the accident happened. And... I, I wonder
0: am- if he did that for his own, like, well, showing you guys so you're on his side. We'll get
1: a, get a load of this. Well, and who knows? Like, cause then his DNA's there, and then it's like, oh, well, but I took my family there. <gasps> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I, I thought about. But anyway, I remember going to the scene, and he's like, oh, so the car like, came here and, and then it went down in that embankment, down that cliff and see that tree down there that's where the car had run into and i remember going hmm you i wonder what you think they would die and literally just like i remember getting like a whack and like that's so disrespectful blah 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 because i questioned it you know <sighs> yeah i'll never forget that and i, I drive pass there a lot because it's on the way to my husband's father's place so i've you know and it's pretty traumatic because i drive past there a lot and i you know the lady who passed away her sister has came from overseas for the funeral and she noticed that her wedding rings were not on her finger the night that she was in the car and had the car accident And she knew that her sister never took those rings off. She would only take them off to do the washing up and then she would put them back on. So she straight away, and I guess by the way the son was acting, she knew that something
0: was wrong.
1: So they have spent several years of their own money kind of doing a bit of private investigation. Which um
0: did the did they did the sister always have an inkling that the son wasn't right, that he had a bit of evil in him?
1: I'm not too sure. You would have to mm. I know I know that I think it was two years after they re like investigated back into it and then the son, he they did an interview with him to see if he had anything to do with it. And obviously, that was like he didn't. He was like, No, 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 got off that and it wasn't until so much later he put it he brought himself forward because his parents were coming back and haunt, haunting him so he dodged himself in and dodged Terry in that's how they got busted
0: shit so did did the actual crime work did he get the inheritance
1: yeah yeah so he got
0: yeah. inheritance did Terry yeah. get money
1: um well i don't i don't know that side um I'll probably have to read through the file he did my mom had a, a car It was a Porsche and he wanted to swap cars. So he was given the wife's car. So David was like, I want you to have that car. And then he wanted my mum to have that car. And he was like, oh, you know, I think if you have that car, maybe we can swap because I'm probably going to be working down here and I don't want David to see the car and it would be good for you to, Mm. you know, and then I could have that car. And mum just didn't feel right. And she was like, no, I don't
0: did you do you, do you think your mum ever had an inkling that there was a murder that he did something or not nah, just never never even a, like an inkling
1: so mum had a private investigator out on her
0: like as in like someone yeah. was looking at her um, like from the sister
1: no no so mum ended up the so okay so the cops have gone it, David's just brought him, like brought himself forward he's done it then they've now had a private investigator out on Terry for several years to convict Terry. So they haven't just gone, you're under arrest. They've literally gone, we've got to do this properly and we've got to somehow get him. So when the,
0: when the son came forward, did he mention Terry? Did he dob Terry yeah, in? Yeah, he dobbed Terry in. Okay,
1: it so happened. so I'll, I'll, I'll go into it. So mum and Terry are long split. Like, long split. So, when the actual murder happened, Mum and Terry weren't together, but Mum was looking after his son because he was working down Sydney and that was, like, you know, her stepchild. And, mm. obviously, Mum knew what he was like and it was, you know, caring for his son. And yeah, yeah. then Mum comes out, down to the funeral. The house ends up getting sold. The money ends up getting put on his loan. Then Mum's taking him to court to sue him for her... For the money, for her so Christian Mum doesn't have to pay his business loan, he declares himself bankruptcy, mum's got to pay his loan back, blah blah blah, and when really, Mum should have sued the bank because they didn't have the right to do that because it wasn't in joint name, but yeah anyway, it is what it is, so so many years later, the cops have turned up at my mum's work and have you know where were you on this date, and my mum was back at work so you know, they've obviously ruled her out of the crime. Like the alibis,
0: the alibis there, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And have they told your mum, hey, we're looking at Terry. We think he had something yeah, to do. Yeah. We think these people were murdered. Yeah, What yeah. did your mum... Do you know how your mum reacted to that? Like, was she like, no, he wouldn't have done that? Or do you think for her there was like a, like a light bulb moment as in like, oh, I can see he could do that?
1: I felt like at first she was so denial and it was like, no, he wouldn't do that. But then going through... A lot of everything she was a major character witness at the
0: at the trial at the
1: trial that yeah, there's just things that you know, she was telling me a story like today, and she's like, you know this story he was telling me, and I think far out, I can't believe that I even thought that he was i'm not even going to go into this story, but just this story they were saying she's like he would have not have been old enough, and she, I was like she's like, I was just so like. I don't know. She was like, just the way he would manipulate her, you know, like Mm -hmm. just little things like that. But yeah, he was a nice person. He was violent. Things that he would say, it would always be little things like, oh, I'm just going to freaking leave you there to die. Like, you know, just little things like that. I'm just saying, I remember we were on a motorbike trip one time and. You know, we had a fight and was like, I'm just going to leave. Just little, he was this like 30 something year old, which wasn't right, but was trying to hold it together. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, so, so they've had private investigators out on him and they were two cops that became like pretty much his best mate. And they're trying to see like, you know, I know, I know one sentence. So like
0: undercover cops have become friends with Terry.
1: Yeah. To try and just work out. I know in the court case, that was um, evidence that was used. They said to him, like, oh, would you ever, you know, hurt someone, like, kill someone for something? Like, you know, and he was mm. like, I would never hurt a kid. So they used that as evidence because mm. it was like, Because he oh. said he would never hurt a kid, but you yeah.
0: didn't see parents. And the thing was. How did they become his best mate? Did they start working with him?
1: Oh, I don't remember. Because we weren't, We we were so out of the scene there. It's only what mum's heard in the when she's gone to the court case and the evidence and with you know so she hasn't gone into I don't know, I can't Mm. he got a he got away with it for it was two thousand it was committed and he got convicted in I'm gonna say two thousand and nine. There was another he got convicted and then there was a retrial because something that the police said in the first trial convicted him of being guilty before he was guilty. So he got to have a retrial again. So we had to go through it all over again. The okay.
0: whole court. Yeah, yeah. So he was pretty much walking free. Or was he arrested during the trial? Or was he walking free for eight years for this murder? What about the son? Did the son just get done straight up? Go straight um, to jail?
1: Oh, no. he. It was like two or three or so years before he... Because remember I said hey, he got away? Yeah, got I know, but, here. like,
0: when when he came in and, like, put himself forward, like, because he was, like, getting, like... Um, uh, they were coming and hoard, haunting him, and he yeah. came and, like, put himself forward.
1: I'm I'm not too sure. I think they would have probably... they. I'm guessing so, but they would have because they had investigators out on Terry for a while, so it would have been very hidden. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they were trying to... I wonder culture. how
0: come his, the, like, his conviction wasn't enough just to get him, the, the son, to be like, well, this guy did it with me. I don't know. Do you reckon as if this guy, like, he was your stepdad, you know, like... As... everyone
1: Everyone knew him in the town as a bad person. Like people that know me and know the life we lived and have met him, and we were in a, we were, lived in a really small town. Like no one was surprised. Living in the snowy mountains, like in between Kuma and Ginny Beretta, no one was surprised. No, no one was surprised. You know, it was very like there were the local cops that have dealt with him, certain things that he had done. It was no surprise. So I probably that was, I guess, the trigger that it was like we've got to tread lightly. Here and like we've really got to find the right information because there wasn't enough I guess there's probably you know there was no evidence because they had the bodies have been buried it looking was a car back, accident wait,
0: looking back do you feel like like he could have killed you guys
1: oh definitely 100% do
0: you I do you reckon or do you know was this the only murder he committed or do you think that he'd done more
1: I don't know. I feel he would have been he would have been really young. But I don't know. I would like to of um I never met Shannon, who his son's mother is. I would like to have met her. He always painted her being a really bad person, but I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He had well, custody of Shannon. Always, so. Yeah, people always It's really sad because recently Terry's mother met up with me so I have a little bit of communication with Shannon and the grandmother met up with me and she wanted to give me a letter that Terry had wrote to me and my mother and I remember meeting up with her and I said to her like, well, do you think he did it because he still pleads innocent to this day and um she said I don't know, it's my son. I've got to stand by him that he's innocent. I said, you know, some people that are so mentally ill, they'll think that they're innocent. Hmm. You know?
0: What did the letter say?
1: He wants to do another retrial, and he reckons the night that the murder was, that he was with my mum, and, yeah, and that he was... Yeah.
0: Or was your mum with him that night?
1: No. No.
0: So he's like, is he trying to reach out to say like, hey, because he's in, I'm guessing he'd be in maximum security prison as a murderer. Yeah.
1: yeah. Just the way he even worded the, like, it's so manipulative, like just sucks you in, you know, and even.
0: Yeah, it makes you feel sorry for so him. So I
1: never gave a letter to mum, but I did read bits of it, but I had to cut bits out because I could just tell the way he was trying to, you know. And mum was just like, I just don't want anything to do with it. It's going to leave it behind me. Like, if you want to speak about it, you need to go to the sergeant who was, like, you know, the top dog of the case. And you need to sit down with him and find out everything from him. Like, you don't need to go and, you know, read or just get involved with him. It's really weird. Like, I always feel like... know I went through a stage where I was like, well, maybe if I meet up with David and then... I just kind of like speak to David and make sure that Terry definitely had something to do with it. And I feel so for Shannon, like, you know, it's so hard. Like it's such a, I don't know. And then I think, well, you know, he's always been, he was always manipulating me and I've got that connection still.
0: Yeah. And when people have it over you, it's like hard. They always got it over you. Like I've, you know, (laughs) It's pretty fun. Like I've had some. I had. It was in a relationship with someone. Just had it over me. And even now, when I run into them, they know they've got it over me. Mm. I just. I just fold. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I often wonder that. I'm like, fuck. Like, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So.
0: People that can manipulate you. It was just like.
1: But it was. You know. It was full on. And is,
0: are they both still in jail? Is David and Terry still in jail? I
1: think David ended up. He would have went under like mental illness. So he, yeah, he's still in jail. Yeah. Well, Terry got double life sentence. David got a lighter sentence and I think he is, he's in a different.
0: How does that feel for you knowing that you live with a killer? Like someone who did a double homicide, like a murderer. That's like a serial. That's, you know, he killed, I don't know, serial, serials when you, but like he, he killed two people with his own hands. That you lived under in the same roof as someone that was capable of that.
1: And you feel like ashamed. You know what I mean? Like you feel like so hard because I just feel feel ashamed that my mother put me in that situation and my father never took me out of that situation.
0: Mm. But that's the thing, like this no, guy like, like what I was saying about that con artist before, like they can put on this front. And you don't know what's going on, you know.
1: But I always knew this is the hardest thing. Like I always knew I didn't like him. I always wanted them not to be together. And and it wasn't as much as I want to say like, oh, it wasn't just that little girl who wanted her parents back together and stuff. But, you know, my mum was with a lovely man years after that relationship. And I absolutely loved him and idolized him and, you know, like the type of, father figure that oh you know i was always like i want you to walk me down the aisle with my dad you know Mm. like i just absolutely loved him because he was such a beautiful person and i just something wasn't right it was never right Mm. so mum ended up being a major character witness for the case and she ended up so we ended up staying in berridale for so many years after all this and then decided because mum was paying this heavy mortgage off, which was his mortgage, my nan decided it was good that if we moved back down to Helensburg, where we grew up, and built a house like with the leftover money, we could build a house on top of her house, and she could, you know, help us out. Because it was just really hard times. You know, mum had no mm. money to feed us. Like, there were times when you did, didn't eat dinner. Did you
0: Do you reckon your mum, like, would she... Like, how does she feel within herself? Does she feel like she was tricked? She was duped? Like, you know, especially like paying off this guy's like crap now. And like, you know what I mean? Like, did she feel it? You know, you said yourself, you felt ashamed. But like, what about your poor mom?
1: Yeah, I'm sure she does. I'm sure she did. I think it's something that, you know, she spent so many years looking after her parents and not put them in a nursing home. And I felt like that was her way of torture in a way do you know what i mean yeah. like her like
0: giving back
1: yeah giving back as in like
0: when i was in india and i was when i was meditating in silence it was funny i was like you know i always had this like anger like at my mom like why did why did she do this you know like why did she you know put put me in situations that i got put in and when i when I was meditating, I just saw, I saw my mum as just a vulnerable lady, like a human that was trying to do the best she could for her kids, the mm-hmm. best she knew how. You know what I mean? She did everything she could for us with what she knew, and like, you know, like like your mum, like you know, she's a single mum, and a guy is coming along that's going to pick her up and provide security. She was in a vulnerable state; she was even sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a guy coming up—it's so, you know what I mean? It's so. It's like men, you know, weak men like weak women. Mm,
1: you
0: yeah. know what I mean? Because it makes them feel strong because they can protect and they need them. Like, you know, the damsel in distress. You know mm. what I mean? How many how many guys, think about guys, you know, they're all intimidated of a powerful woman. Yeah. A woman that doesn't need them. Yeah. You know what I mean? A damsel in distress. We can be the hero. We can save them. They need us. You know what I mean? You can go so far down that ch- ch- chain to like think about a single mum my mom was a single mom with three kids you know what i mean and like she had to move back to her mom's place and you know she's got these three kids and like you know she's she's left you know got finally got the courage to leave my my real dad or whatever and like you know she's like you know she would have been so stressed she's got three kids trying to make ends meet trying to work and next thing a guy comes along you know what i mean she's like oh you know yeah jumps And i was sitting there like and I used to have so much anger, you know, like, you know, it, w- because of the trauma that I had to go through because of the decisions my mum made. And I was like, and I, I was like, what, you know, why, why? And then when I was like in India, I just like, there's so much forgiveness that came because like my mum was just trying to do the best she could. You know what I mean? And I looked at my mum as just a fucking human, just trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And And, you know, and then there was another thing that I put on too was just like, I sat there and I was like, I was putting my own, my own thoughts of who they should be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was putting my, my thoughts was like my, like, you know, like, like even like to get in, like say frustration with my stepdad, like, oh, why didn't he, you know, take me to play catch or teach me how to fish or something? It's just like. You know, I was just like, that's what you do if you're a dad, you know what I mean? I, so I had my own expectation and through that own expectation, I had hate yeah. because I was like he did. And then I was suddenly in that, in that whole meditation, I realized like, fuck, like I wasn't his son. He didn't feel like he, he did the best he could when he got with my mom. And that was like, he had some kids that weren't his and whatever, you know what I mean? I still had a roof over my head. I went to school, I had food, you know what I mean? And I just saw them as like these fucking lost souls. You know what I mean? I just pretty much saw him as babies trying to figure it out, you know? I don't want to go into that too much, but, like, yeah, my mom, my mum's fucking amazing, like, and she's so loving and so compassionate and so caring. And I just, like, she just did the best she could at the time. And, like, you know, sometimes it didn't always work, you yeah, know?
1: That's what I feel I really came to. And it's, like, not until you become a mother, become a mother yourself. And I remember those early days, like... Mm. It was a good three months and I was like, I don't want to have anything to do with my dad. I don't want to have anything to do with my mom because I love this baby so much. And I would never have put them through what yeah. they put me through, you know. And, you know, on my, on my dad's side, he ended up getting with his girlfriend who he still is with today and a complete narcissist, you know. And it was like having an escape from that and going to visit dad. And then that relationship, like, you know, has done mm. so much and yeah, we to with that. It's not nice at all. Yeah. But um, now as an adult to be able to step away from that, yeah. you know, is so powerful and put those boundaries up when I, you know, I don't need you in my life, but I'd still love to have you in my life, Dad, and come down and visit me and, yeah, you know. And...
0: It's amazing when you can grow up and like, that's funny. I went and saw my, my real dad not too long ago. And like, I'm fucking 34 now. I went in there and I was like chatting with him and that and he's just just so oblivious he just has no fucking he just has no idea about life he just has I don't know like no he he just he just has no idea and he's like hit me up he's like you know why he just doesn't take responsibility and he's like why aren't your sisters talking to me like why you know this and that and I just started calling on him and I was like well you know I was like because like you did this and you did this and blah blah he's like yeah it's in the past I was like still there's so much trauma and you're not going to apologise you know what I mean, like, and he just um. And he just turns to me. and goes, "Why are you speaking to me like this? I'm your father." And I was like, "Cause I'm fucking thirty four years years old. And I don't have to take your shit anymore." Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, and I just like, I just sat there and just like ripped him into him and just told him to be a be a fucking man. You know, and it was so weird, and it was also so liberating. Is because when you grow up, that you have these like elders in your life, and you think whatever, you know. Whatever they say goes, or they know how it is. And then once you grow up and be, start becoming a woman or a man yourself, you know, and start coming into yourself, you realize they're just humans trying to figure it out themselves too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like, my, like I don't have to see him as an authority figure because he never was one. But it's just like for me to have a relationship, I can't with him. I can't sit there and listen to that bullshit. You know what I mean? I just can't sit there and like listen. And I was just like, it was so liberating to be like. Hey, I'm going to come see you. I'll come see you and have a chat, but don't give me your shit or you can fuck off. Yeah. And like literally, you know what I mean? Say that to someone, you know what I mean? And say that like, because the thing was too, what was so liberating about that is like, if I said that when I was a kid to like my stepdad or my real dad, if I like called him on something, I would have got like, I would just got punched straight in the face. You know what I mean? Like it was just like their way of their outlet of like, they were very, both very physically violent. So it was like now to be, and so like I've always grown up of like I've got to be really scared of them because if I like talk out and now it's like being a man, it's just like to either one of them, I can just call them and just be like, you know what I mean? To my real dad, like I can say that to him now, you know, like fuck, I pull your head in. Don't like, I'm going to be here for you. Like, you know, do that, but don't give me a shit. I'm not going to take that. Yeah. You know? And if you do, and I'm like, what are you going to do, mate? (laughs) You know what I mean? You know, it's just like. It's just funny, yeah. But it's just like, and, and I say that with love. I, like I say that with like so much love, you know what I mean? But it's just like.
1: It's so hard too because you want to get, like you, you, you know, even now I'll talk to my mum about things and, you know, my world was so uncontrollable, you know, in year five. So what, how old do I, I would have been? Probably like a nine, ten-year-old and I had severe bulimia. You know, like this mm. little girl who would go and make herself sick because it was the only thing that could I had control of was the food I ate and and I you know, and I I went so skinny and that happened until year nine until I moved with my dad. And no one ever like seen it. No one ever knew mm. or even thought like she's very underweight. We might, you know, have to take her to hospital and all that damage I'd done and you know I just had this beautiful life when I was able my dad really supported us with our you know with our snowboarding and we were competing yeah. and buying us snowboards and all our gear and being able to put us in private um training clubs and I just think like wow, like I would have been so sick in the head, but I still was able to just try and do you know the yeah. best, you know how much yeah I was just oh, thinking
0: as you're saying that it comes back to what we we're talking about at the start. You said, like, you know, like that trauma and like what you decide to do with it. And like you had that trauma and you've decided to use that and like as your strength to be positive and go forward. Mm. And like we can play the victim. And I remember, and I fuck it, like Buddha says this, but I, mm-hmm. said, I said it to my dad that night that I got up him because he's like, oh, like, he's like oh, why are you talking to me like this? I said, well, I don't have to take your shit. He goes, you don't know how I grew up. You know what I mean? This happened to me and this happened to me. I was like, my parents did this. And I go, oh, so it's your parents' fault. And I go, does that mean it's your grandparents' fault? And then it's your great grandparents' fault? And I'm so uh, so I said to him, so you're allowed to be a fuckwit <laughs> because your dad was, and because yeah. his dad was. I go, does that mean now I've got to be one? Yeah. And I was like, so I can go around if I have kids, I can fucking do that. I can go punch my, w-. you know what I mean? Like I can go, just be a complete fuckwit and not take responsibility because I can blame it on someone else. You know what I mean? And it's just like I see that in so much with trauma and trauma now and I think I think that's even part of like the podcast is like part of the podcast is it's about adventure it's about going into your fear because every everyone's got the same thing it's like people are stepping up to the plate you know what I mean no one's being a victim they're stepping up and going for it you know what I mean they're going on an adventure they're stepping into their fear and doing something incredible for themselves right and it's like I always see this and that's where I say I've got this charge and I've had this charge like lately it's like um with when I say like weak people, mm. it's because like I had to do it. You had to do it. And I get it. It's like sometimes people need a hand to like – Crow said it to me, one of our neighbors. He, he yeah. said um, the other day, he goes, some people, you know, they don't have that inner strength. It's like easy to walk through the dark holding someone's hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they've yeah. still got to do it for themselves. But it's like with these traumas that we have and we're all sitting there and people listening to this right now are probably thinking about their parents and where where they traumatize them and putting the blame back on them. But it's just like, yeah, that shit has happened. That's who you are now. And that's up to you now to like work through that and take responsibility. And like, like I have this thing, like it's, it's weird. It's like, I take that. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm never going to be like that. You know what I mean? It's just like for me to be my honorable self. It's like, I'm never going to be like, like, you know what I mean? Like the male, the role models that I had as male figures in my life. I'm like, I'm going to be... All I've got to do, it's actually simple, is be the fucking opposite.
1: 100%. You know what I mean? breaking that cycle. And it's just
0: like, yeah, it's breaking that cycle, but it's like it's up to me to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a
1: quote that um, I read when I was 18, and it was, Your life is no better than the plans you make and the actions you take. You are the architect and builder of your own life, fortune, faith, and destiny. And I remember reading that, and from that, I have lived my whole life by that you know, Mm. and I packed up my bags and I traveled over Europe for a couple of years. And, you know, I've just always, you know, with our life and where we are now, like Mm. we are now with our daughter and we have such a beautiful life and we live off grid and like people that come and visit us and they're like, oh my God, like you are living the best life, Yeah. you know, and I've, my friend the other day, I was telling her, you know, my story, a bit of it. And she's like, oh my God. How are you not fucked up? Seriously, you're the most like sane inspiring person I've ever met. And I just thought you like full had this like amazing life. Like I really look up to you and I just don't understand how you're not fucked up. And I was like, because and you
0: have this life because you had the trauma. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's exactly like when people tell me they go, Oh, you're lucky you've got this. And I was like, fuck off, I had to work for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like I made the decisions to have that yes, I'm lucky, I'm privileged. We are privileged. We're privileged to live in this country. We're privileged for the life we live. That is, that's a given. That's yeah. a given. I'm, I'm privileged because I won the lottery. To fucking for my, my dad's sperm to come out into my mum. I fucking, I'm privileged. You know what I mean? But it's just like at the same time, I had a fucking crossroad. You know what I mean? Like when I was a kid, like I had so much anger. And I rebelled, and I was just like, and I was like, "Fuck you," you know. And I had this. My mates called it Shanksy flip out because, like, I was always mega nice. I was always a mega nice dude, and people would push me and push me, and I'd never show them. And this, was something I've learnt now is to set boundaries for myself because I just snap. I get gets too much, and I would just snap. And I remember I snapped at a mate when I was twenty three in WA. I was, slammed on the brakes and jumped out the car and tried to punch through the window and get I just was going to kill this this dude who pissed me off he's still a really good mate of mine and I was just like oh my god I never want to be that again I never want to do that I need to sort this shit out like what's my life going to be like if I get emotions and it just this is how I like regurgitate it you know and so it's like all I had to do was like take responsibility and and do some you know, work on myself, kind of. Thing. And the thing is, I'm still, I'm still. We're always going to have work on ourselves. We're always got to do it. It's a constant learning curve. But it's just like, when the life that we're living, we've chosen. You and I, and, and your husband, like we've all chosen to like go. Okay, this model that we we're living in before doesn't suit our morals. It doesn't suit our intentions in life. It doesn't suit what we want in life. So we've all had the courage to go change that for ourselves mm-hmm. and like do something different we've gone out to the book we live this freaking like like I call it and people know this on this podcast that I call it a different world like yeah. I go to the other world you yeah. know what I mean and like I'm leaving today because I'm going to go back to that world for a couple of months the other world because I'm going on an adventure but it's just like there's two different worlds when I come down here but like when people say oh you're so lucky I wish I could do that you're like Don't tell me I'm lucky. For some reason, it gets annoying. I'm like, so I had to, I made these decisions to make this happen. You can do it too. (laughs) Like if you want that or whatever, if your life's, if you, and whatever anyone's doing is fine. Mm -hmm. It's just fine. But it's like how you said before, it was interesting. You said before, like, well, I went to Europe and I went and did this and I did that. There's two sides of that. Yeah, you could go to Europe, you know, because you got this trauma. You could go run away, but it's like running away from something is different. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. where people get confused. It's like, you know, it's like I was talking to this girl and she was saying like, you know, I, I broke up with my ex-boyfriend and I just went straight to South America and went on a bender for freaking six months and just completely wrecked myself. You know, I just got on heaps of drugs and just did all this stuff and I was like, you know, like that's that's how I dealt with it. And I was like, wow, imagine if you took that energy and did something positive. You know what I mean? Going, oh, fuck, you've had this trauma. This sucks. All right, what can I, you know what I mean? Like, Get in the gym, or still go on an adventure, but do it for yourself, more soul searching, not soul destroying. Mm. You know what I mean? And for some reason, like we like to play the victim because it's the easiest card. You know, if trauma happens to us, it's the easiest card to play the victim and then start self sabotaging. It's so what my dad was doing. He became an alcoholic. Mm. You know what I mean? He just self sabotaged his whole fucking life because of shit that happened to him when he was a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of taking responsibility. And yeah, he's, he wasn't the type of person that could man up, it was too much trauma for him. That's fair enough, you know, but that doesn't have to be my story anymore. You know what I mean? And for my life, it's like trauma that I've had. We've all had trauma. I remember my mum said it to me once that like trauma is just like, it's just relative, you know? And and the story was that there was this really rich girl um, that tried to relate to me one time about saving money to travel and I was working three jobs and all this stuff and her dad gave her all the money for her trip but she had to save up and buy the ticket. And this girl had the nerve to say to me like, oh, I know exactly what it's like to, you know, blah, blah. And I got home to mom and I was like, can you believe this rich bitch, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and mom's like, like, honey, like Aaron, like, you know, she's like, for her to, she's been handed everything her whole life. So for her to sit there and save that two grand for that ticket, it's probably just as hard as for you to save that 30 that you just yeah. did. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's just traumas. Rel- I remember like kids at school, like, I remember like, never getting, like, what, what I wanted for, for my birthday or whatever because we didn't have money, you know what I mean? Mm. And so, like, I remember kids at school, like, rich kids, like, crying, coming to school crying because they didn't get the TV they wanted for their birthday, and you're like, but they got, like, the sickest present ever, but they didn't get the TV as well, and you're like, are you kidding me? And they're crying, you know, there's trauma. It's still traumatizing. It's just, like, we look at it now going, oh, that's stupid, but it's, like, the same trauma, you know what I mean? It's still, as a kid, we don't know any different to relate to, you know what I mean? So, like, every human, everyone listening to this has trauma from what their parents did, whether if it's fucking silly or not, still trauma. They're sitting there holding that. um, Who was telling me there was a... I heard this story about this girl recently who had all this trauma about a cousin, you know, raping her. Oh, it was Jordan Peterson. I was listening to this podcast and he was saying, like, you know, this girl came to him saying, like, oh, she was raped and she has all this trauma about it and he broke it down and... It wasn't a rape or anything. I think they were like both seventeen or something, and like he tried with, it or like, you know, it was something like oh, like it was, it was something very subtle. Yeah. Like oh, like looking at a like like being like oh, I'll show you mine if you show me yours or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the actual story, but it was really subtle. But this girl had so much trauma about it, and he broke it down and was like, well, okay, I get it, but you're just holding onto this story, a narrative. Like, you know, like this is, you know.
1: How I was saying to you the other day how we have this, like, narrative of what our brain tell, tells us, our mind, but our body has a completely different narrative that I can't mm. talk. And we've got to get that um, emotion out of our body and let that tell the story because it could be completely different to the experience that your mind has told you. That, yeah. Like, you know, and that trick that the mind can Yeah.
0: So That's like when you, when you dive into, a, you know, a trauma too. And then sometimes you realize, like, oh, it wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? Like I got trauma of like, and I don't know, something happened when I was a kid and I can easily deal with that now. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How does, how is it for your mom or like your family? Now you've had these two major things. Like you've had your, your uncles both go to jail for a murder. Now you've had to go through all that. And then now, like, then you, your your mum is with a killer. Like, you had a stepdad that was a murderer. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, and that's on your mum's side, your dad's side. Do you feel like this is something that, like, follows you? Or, like, do, have you ever had that fear? Just, like, does this follow me? Like, have you ever, quit, like...
1: I'm scared of the dark. You know how I was saying that to you mm. the other day? And you're like, no way, really? And I'm like, no. Like, I'm so petrified of the dark. You know, I've got a lot... I don't... You know, and I just remember I'd always go to bed at night with a knife underneath my pillow. So I obviously was very frightened of...
0: This was after the murder or pre-murder?
1: Um. mm, Well, I would not have known about it then. So pre, during, after.
0: So, yeah, just your feeling with this dude, his Mm, energy.
1: mm, I was just... I never felt safe, you know, and... Mm. I've had therapy for that now, and she'll say to me like, "Well, where do like when when do you feel safe? Do you feel safe? You know?" I'm like, "No, I don't feel safe." So the only time I would ever feel safe is if my dad was with me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's really weird. So we're trying to work on that. And so funny because the other night when we like scared the shit out of you when you're having a shower at our place, an outdoor shower. So we have like this outdoor shower and. Aaron's having a shower and we're like sneaking up behind him and we're like chucking things near him and he's like, Adam <laughs> and then like <laughs> waits a while and then like he's got his back turned and then we literally like Adam goes up right behind him, like bangs his noise and he screams you
0: banged up two pots <laughs> together behind my head and I scream. And
1: he's like screaming like everybody heard it. And then oh probably like half an hour later I'm in bed and I'm like, Hey darling it's really funny, like we scare the shit out of people. Because there's a few things yeah. you do. And I said, but please don't ever do it to me, and don't let anyone do it to me. You know, like I have to. I have a shower, and I'm like a lot of the time. I'm like Adam. Can you just come out and just speak to me while I have a shower? Like it's, yeah, it's not nice.
0: Do you do you understand? Like it's an irrational fear. Like um, like, like, like what, what's the fear? Like when you're there, scared is is it because you you've seen. Evil, you've seen how evil humanity can be. Yeah, like you, well, you, you we, think...
1: we, we did link it to through the therapist that it was that little girl that just needed her dad there, needed her dad in that household to protect her, and I still need that.
0: Yeah, mm. that's the thing because this danger came in,
1: yeah, and it's like I just needed my dad there mm. too protect me
0: it's funny eh? like it's like when you look at your conditioning it's something i've been diving into heaps lately it's just even conditioning of growing up in the Coast just just different collective consciousness and the conditioning it's put on me and also the conditioning like that my parents have put on me and like tr- like going through it, it's like well it's like I often wonder i'm like oh, okay so like what am i dealing with by not having a dominant male figure in my mm-hmm. life or yeah. like one that i was Had a male fever with someone I was so scared of. You know what I mean? It's just Mm. like, well, the wind's really picking up. ripping through my house.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But what you were saying before, how like, you know, with the families and that sort of stuff. I think the biggest thing that affected us through this all was, you know, my mum had to then go back and build a house on top of my nan and look after my nan and stop working. And, you know, my grandparents put the house in my mum's name. So then, when they passed away, my mum had a home, and you know, and now her her sisters don't talk to her. A lot of my cousins are very envy of it because my nan's passed away now, and you know, my mum got given everything, and you know, it was like the decisions my mum made, and everyone else misses out. But it was like, you know, my my aunties are considered quite wealthy, and. I think my nan just wanted all her daughters to have a roof over their head and be mm. happy. And, you know, it's... You know, so we don't really have that family anymore. You As, know, we don't talk to... and talk to my cousins. You know, I probably talk to two of my cousins and talk to my aunties. Yeah.
0: And that's the thing. It's like your mum... Like, they're looking... Yeah, they're looking at your sister. Like, at, they're looking at their sister and just judging, judging her. Well, you, you made this decision. Yeah. You made your own yeah. bed kind of thing. Like... But it's like that's the love of a mother. It's, it's funny, like like we was saying before, our parents did the best with it. They did the best. We always do the best in life with what we know how, with the mm. things, the tools that we have. And that's mm-hmm. why I like trying to give myself tools, yeah. learning about myself to give myself more tools to deal with life. Because in every scenario, we do the best that we know how to do in that scenario. Yeah. Right Now parents did the best they know how to do. And a mate called me this morning because he's, he's just um, his dad's, you know um just been given a few months and he's having a bit of trouble dealing with it and we're, we're at that age group now where our parents are starting to get old you know and he, and and he said to me he goes you know like i've just got this thing cuz he's now a father and he said like you know and i'm not a father yet but he said by having a kid and the love that i have and protection that i have for my daughter like everything you know what i mean he's like i understand what my parents were to me yeah you know what I mean like they just were doing everything possible and like now he's looking at his dad like not being here and he's like suddenly realizing like how much love they have for you no matter what kind of thing and
1: just the love you have for family like I look at my dad who his brother's like you know in a way (laughs) ruined his parents life ruined his relationship with my mother but he's still stuck by them and went and visited them several times a year mm. to keep them alive and keep their spirits alive and you know and then I look at my mum's side the sisters and I was like you know were so many times when you came up to the snow and you never caught in and you might have caught in and seen what was going on and you could have helped my mum get us out of that situation mm. and in a way I'd love to say to them you know like they've got to live with that and maybe that's you know, and my I'm sure my nan's seen that, and mm. maybe.
0: It's funny Ben and I were talking yesterday about money. That it's it's great because it's oh, a great exchange, yeah, but it's but just like seriously, fuck! It's, it takes away a tribe. It it creates so much separation, and and we need it because what it is, it's efficient. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I love like a tree a tree climber. I love to do that and trade for things. You yeah. know what I mean? Rather than cash, but it's just like if we did do that with everything, it would be efficient. You know what I mean? So yeah. the cash has its place, but it's just like look at that with inheritance, how much money rips uh, families apart. Hey, and money. like when we come back, like your nana <laughs> is just doing the best she could yeah. for her daughter. You know, the other two are like fine. My mom would do the exact same. Yeah. Me and my sister look after ourselves. And my, I've got another sister that, you know, she's over in the States right now, but she's, you know, she was in a bad, married and in a bad relationship, same thing. And she had to like, she was the sole provider and she came out with like nothing, you know. And now my mom is like doing everything she can to help her. And me and my other sister are now doing everything we can to help my mom. You know yeah. what I mean? We don't, yeah. we don't hold any animosity towards it. It's just like, because just, my mum is doing what she can. You don't want to be on that even level. Can. You just all yeah. want Like if <laughs> I... like, And I would even know that. Like right now, if my mom was in that situation, she would do the same for my sister. Because like, look, I'm sitting in my own house right now. Exactly. You know what I mean? My other sister is... Her and her hubby are building a house right now. You know what I mean? We're sorted.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? I don't need that shit my other sister you know stuff would happen she yeah and she made the decisions herself and like I you know there was times where I was like what are you doing man you know but it's just like it's not for me it's her life she's got to figure it out you know and sometimes as an outsider too it's like we don't know what We're, we weren't in that situation you know what I mean like we can't see like how many times like well you, you've been happily married for years but like people listening to this it's like relationship breakups Mm. You know, don't, once it's all over and done, we look at it and go, oh, fuck. I should have just done that six months ago or something. Or like, you know, you know, it's just like, why was it so hard? Just this attachment and everything. It's like, we don't know. We can't see it. You know what I mean? And people like judge us on that. It's like, fuck, we've all been in that situation. We're just trying to figure it out.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. On that, should we, yeah. should we get out we of should. here? Yeah, we should. So I'll you can try go on
1: more. your... Adventure, yeah, and then come back. We'll probably see you for like two days, and we go to Elko Island. Yeah, you
0: guys are going up to Arnhem Land to mm. volunteer in a community, and yeah. that's going to be an amazing family opportunity, especially for your for your daughter.
1: I know it's going to be insane. It's yeah, so exciting.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, I, that's what I really like. You guys are the same as me. I don't have a kid yet, but it's just like <laughs> I would want to be doing adventures with them because how much you, you grow as a young age. Oh, 100%. And you're already on to wanting to sail.
1: Yeah.
0: That's yeah, what we, yeah let's get thing. a yacht go uh, <laughs> Thank you for your time. Thanks, I hope you guys like this episode. Now, remember, I've got prizes to give away for whoever shares it for me. Go on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe, put it on your social media story, tell your mum. Send me a message, send me a screenshot, or I'm just gonna see it on Apple Podcasts anyway, or I'm gonna see it on social media, and every week I'm gonna pick someone and I'm gonna send them an Open Knife or a Dyes of the Wild Ones t-shirt. Enjoy guys, and thanks for listening. <laughs>
1: Hari apa cari cewek pertu ulang baru di sini Hari apa Hari apa Hari apa cinta pertu
0: baru ke sini I should look for us there
1: Butuh baru di sini I do it like a
0: double